kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about wings, hats, hell, penguins, turtles, big gals, and bras. And this is a pre-recorded podcast. I think they used to do that on television shows. Um, I, If all goes well, you know, it's always a little iffy with the standby thing, but I should be in Ecuador. So I recorded this earlier so it would come out on time. Uh, I'm really excited about my trip to Ecuador. I'm going to go to the cloud forest. I'm hoping to see some blue-footed boobies. I haven't seen any blue-footed boobies for a while. <laughs> I'm hoping to see um, the Andean speckled bear. I'm going to do some bird watching, some hiking, some kayaking, and uh, I'm going to go to this sustainable farm where they have cooking classes, and it's all like farm to table. And get this, it costs $18 a night. (laughs) It's got really good reviews for $18 a night. That's just right up my alley. I'm going to do some whale watching. I'm very excited. So uh, the music for this episode is, I thought this song was kind of funny. It's the late, great Elaine Stritch. Why do the wrong people travel? Let's get on with the show. A few podcasts ago, there was a guy flight attendant saying how he had heard of this other guy flight attendant who, when a passenger was asking for something um, that we can't do, uh, he would just touch his wings and pretend like he was talking into them like they were a communication device. And uh, (laughs) and the the passenger would seem happy with it, and then he, he basically could entertain himself. So I decided to do, over a course of the next few trips, I'm going to do an experiment involving this, and um, I'm going to call them my apple wings. You know, you have your apple watch. There's no reason why you couldn't have apple wings, right? So when somebody asks me something, I'm going to tap them and pretend like I'm talking into my wings and see what the passengers do. So this trip I just did, Amsterdam, um, I did that, but um, the woman didn't seem to find that different or curious and didn't mention it whatsoever. So what happened was she was particularly um, cranky, uh, problematic, I could tell just as soon as she got on the plane because she looked at her seat. She wouldn't get out of the aisle. She's just at her seat going, just making noises, looking at her seat. So I'm already going ding, 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 problem. (laughs) And she didn't have a bad seat. She had a 
aisle seat towards the back of the plane. And in this particular plane, there were only like two seats there. So in actuality, she had more space than most people, but she was kept giving it a... So later on, uh, she complained about her choice of meals. She complained about the coffee being too strong. And so when she was doing the coffee being too strong, um, I decided that I would, would first try my apple wing experiment. So she was saying, this coffee is too strong. And at first I was saying, um, well, you know, some people like strong coffee. You know, I was basically just placating her. And then I thought, oh, guess what? I can try my apple wings thing with her. So I touched my wings and I said, um, yes, uh, hello, in-flight service. Hello. Yes. Oh, yes. Hi. Uh, I have a woman at uh, 52H. Yes. Um, she believes that our coffee is too strong. Copy that. Copy the CEO. Thank you. And um, the woman just kind of smiled like I was doing something for her. Like, she didn't uh she didn't question I had this um and maybe in the next few trips I'm going to keep you guys posted on this. I have this thing where I'm going to tell them if they say what are you doing? I'm going to say oh they're the Apple wings. They're cheaper than an Apple Watch, but the company pays for them. You know, I have this whole little backstory uh information to go with my Apple wings experiment. But uh this woman seemed to think it was uh perfectly normal. I've been having fun with that whole Apple wings concept. And uh, uh, this past trip, uh, a passenger said that um, there was a passenger, another passenger who was taking a lot of time in the bathroom. And she complained and she said, you, you guys should time, uh, you should have a time limit on how long people can be in the bathroom. And me and the other flight attendants just paused. We're kind of like, and we're thinking, well, we got a lot of stuff to do. What, we have to have one flight attendant at each bathroom with a timer? <laughs> And then what do you do? Do you go, ding, time's up, out, come on out, your time's up. <laughs> I mean, this would be a whole job. Basically, um, I was saying, uh, actually, I forgot to do the apple wings, but later on, I was telling the other flight attendants, I should have said, um, yes, hello, uh, in-flight services, yes, uh, we need to hire bathroom timers uh, right away. The passenger at 32F would like us to hire bathroom timers, ding. Oh yeah, I have the eight ball. So sometimes when we're delayed, I'll take my little eight ball and uh huh. And people people will ask me, "Do you think I'm going to make my flight?" I'll shake the eight ball and I'll go, "Not likely." <laughs> or I'll shake it and go, "Maybe." <laughs> What's their reaction? Oh, they laugh. Oh, good. We were on a flight one time where we were going to be um, diverted, and they were all like, "Do you think we're going to get home tonight?" I'm going. Let me check. <laughs> nope. <laughs> is very far from true. Personally, I've yet to find that longitude and latitude can educate those scores. So I was in the flight attendant lounge bathroom. It's a big bathroom. There's a bunch of us girls in there and we're always chatting in there, you know, fixing our hair or makeup or whatever. And uh, a lot of us have a lot of time in the lounge because we get to the airport like four, four and a half hours before you have to work because you have to make sure you can get there, right? So I was uh, talking to this girl. She's like one of my favorites. She's um, done some stories for the podcast. So you've heard her. <laughs> you quote unquote know her too. And um, I had done some Munich trips with her and uh, I didn't get together with a crew because I I think it was it was the one where I met the later hosen guys with uh, Herman. Anyway, um, I when she had asked, "Well, what'd you do on your layover?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I did some work for the podcast." Which well, I meant, 
uh, recorded some music, basically got a story, and I had done some work um, on writing uh, the next Tar book. And uh, sometimes you know what you're talking about, but you don't do a good job conveying what you're talking about. Because another time we were talking about the podcast, something just fell in my closet. <laughs> uh, okay, so Another time we've been talking about the podcast and I had mentioned that I do it in the closet and um, because people find that funny. I spend a lot of time in the closet. So now uh, this is an, just recently we're in the bathroom talking and uh, we're not going on the same trip. I was going to London. She was going somewhere in Germany. She said, are you going to record uh, your podcast on the layover? And I, I, I was confused and I was like, no. Uh, she goes, well, I thought you would record your uh, podcast on your layovers. And I'm like, well, I can get some stories. I get some music. But no, I record the podcast in my closet. And she goes, oh. And I didn't understand what was, you know, what was the big idea she was getting there. She goes, I thought you were saying that you record your podcast in your hotel room closet. <laughs> And she said, I thought that was really strange. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, hotel room closets have enough space for like to hang a, a few things and, and they're small. And you would basically, lots of times you'd have to like step in, squat, squat uh, shut the door. How uncomfortable with that. But here she was picturing, I've flown with her a few times and she's picturing me in my hotel room closet <laughs> recording the podcast. Years and years ago, early in my career, I heard a story about a notorious captain that was known for being a total jerk to everybody. Co-pilots, flight attendants, gate agents. Well, his first and second officer, because this was an airplane with three pilots, thought they were going to pull one over on the captain. So they came up with a plan where they added an item to their checklist that they read off prior to each flight and when they come in at the gate. It was called Hats On, Hats Off. And they went through their checklist and when they, you know, engines check, blah, 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 AC or something, you know, going through all their little circuit breakers and buttons and switches. You heard Hats On. And the two of them took their hats and put their hats on when they pulled into the gate. Or actually, when they backed out, they took their hats off and put yeah, them hats off. where they put them, hats off. And the captain was like, what in the blank blank are you doing? He said, look, it's, it's a new addition to our checklist. And they pulled into Cincinnati, and they went through their checklist as they're pulling up to the gate, shutting down engines, going hats on. They put their hats on. And it, they pulled up to the gate, and they said, you know, Charlie, there's the station manager right there. It's in our checklist. You're going to get in big trouble with the chief pilot if you don't put your hat on. And he got up out of his, raised up out of his seat, pulled, slid the window back, and looked the guy in the face. He's sitting right there in the jetway, ready to open the airplane door. He said, I don't give a blankety blank who you are. I'm not putting my hat on. And the poor man. Poor that guy had nothing, he had no idea what was going on. He had no idea what was going on. He's standing there with his jaw hanging open, and the other two were cracking up, <laughs> falling on the floor, and they got him good. Hats on, hats off. People stay back home. This came from listener.
Steve, and uh, he said, a pilot dies and goes to hell. As he is waiting for the devil, he notices three doors. The devil is nowhere in sight, so he walks over to door number one and peeks inside. There he sees a lone pilot sweating over emergency after emergency, nonstop bells and horns. He quickly closes that door. He creeps to door number two. There he sees a pilot going over the checklist over the checklist after checklist after checklist. He slams that door closed and he steps over to the third door. It's the last door. Inside is a pilot along with three very pretty flight attendants who are pouring coffee, serving dinners, and cold compresses to the pilot's forehead. Smiling, he closes that door and he goes over and sits down. The devil finally arrives and tells him to choose a door. He smiles and says, I'll take door number three. And the devil says, oh, sorry, door number three is flight attendant hell. Compels them, and uh, who the hell tells them to drag their clans to Zanzibar instead of staying quietly in Talk about a flight that I would have loved to been on. Uh, this guy was telling me that he was on a flight, and the two SeaWorld penguins were on his flight, and they were sitting in the bulkhead seat, and, uh, you know, well, I love penguins, and um, I would have loved to have been on a flight with penguins. And so uh, he went up to the handler and said, hey, you know, I bet the passengers would really like to see the penguins. If you don't mind, like after everybody's boarded, could you have the penguins like walk all the way up and down the aisle? And he was like, sure. So <laughs> the penguins did a catwalk <laughs> down the aisle to all the passengers cheering. The Taj Mahal and the Grand Canal and the sunny French. Okay, so they called me. <laughs> they called me from the back and they said, I need you to come back here because there's somebody who's hanging out in the aisle. So I come back and this lady's hanging out in the aisle. She's passed oh, out. So she's hanging literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her whole body's out in the aisle. Like out, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I wake her up and I go, ma'am, ma'am. I said, I, you can't, you can't lay out here. I said, have you taken a pill or something? No, no, no. I said, ma'am, I said, you need to lean this way. And, and so I get her all settled. Right. So I go back up front. Then a passenger comes up and they go, there's something wrong with the passenger next to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I come back and this man is like going like this. And I'm thinking, does he have cerebral palsy or so something? He's like yeah, he, yeah. He's and he's like, and he's drooling oh, down the side of his. A different person. Yes, yes. And he's drooling and he's going like this. And I go, sir, I said, have you taken something? And he's like, ugh. And I go, I go, sir, I said, I need to know what you've taken. What have you taken? Ugh. I said, sir, focus. Look at me and focus on me. I'm like, focus, focus. And I'm doing my fingers to my eyes. Focus, focus. And he go, and he's like, ugh. And I'm like, sir, I said, you got to help me out. I said, look at me and tell me, have you taken anything to drink? And finally, I get out of him. He's taken a pill and he's had some drinks. I said, "Okay, sir, I want you to stay in your seat. And I want you to lean back and I want you to go to sleep." So you go back. So I go back, and he's standing up and he's trying to plug his phone in. I said, "Sir, I said, let me help you." So I plug his phone in, and he goes, "The reason I couldn't plug it in is I'm blind." And I'm thinking, "Oh my God, I've been saying focus, focus, focus." So it gets worse. So I get him sitting. I said, okay, I want you to sit down and I want you to go to sleep. So just before the last service, going into Paris, I hear him page for a doctor. I think, oh, great. So I run to the back. I go, what's going on? The attending physician, there's a lady passed out in the bath, at the bathrooms. Guess who the attending physician was? 
Mr. The blind guy. And he's like, well, you know, I go, sir, I said, you told me you were blind. And I said, you couldn't even function just five minutes ago. And now you're a doctor. He's like, I'm, a, I'm an emergency room technician. I said, no. I said, you couldn't function before. And you told me you were blind. Is he not blind? No, he wasn't blind. He had taken a pill. Somebody got into the medicine cabinet at the hospital. So, so, so then I said, sir, get away from the patient. And I get away. And there was another doctor. So then he tells all the other flight attendants that I'm mean. Would be less oppressed if the Middle West would settle for somewhere rather nearer. I saw this story on CNN when I was on a layover in Europe. And uh, it just, I thought it was wonderful that there's this dog in Colombia named Sombra. Shadow in uh, English. And this drug-sniffing dog has a $70,000 bounty on her head because she's messing with the uh, drug lords. She has seized nine tons of cocaine. Uh, That's a productive drug-sniffing dog. And she's won two canine medals of courage for her valor. And uh, what I was this was touching me because I love to see the dogs at the airport because the dogs seem so happy. They seem to thrive with a job. They just love a mission. And let me tell you, they, the dogs, the drug sniffing and uh, bomb sniffing dogs, they are the best employees ever. That I, criticize or I was flying with this um, particular purser. I don't say that that often. Particular purser. And um, she's fine. Uh, She's nice enough and everything, but she's a big smoker. And I noticed that at some point during the flight, it's probably when uh, withdrawal is kicking in, that she gets cranky. And uh, we're in the first class galley. We're finishing up the service. And there's four of us up there. And you know the nature of a plane. There is no space, right? So you have four people all trying to put stuff away. And she says, you people are driving me crazy. I need some alone time. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe this is something she used to say to her kids. Well, you know, the kids could go to like the bedroom or something because she needs some alone time. But uh, hello, (laughs) Have you seen an airplane? Have you seen airplane galleys? There is no alone time. This came to me by a listener named Steve. I do so appreciate when people send me news articles about airline stories because I I don't always see them. And also, like, uh, when you're overseas, you might not see certain news items. So anyway... Two China Eastern flight attendants pleaded guilty last month to a federal conspiracy charge, which carries a possible penalty up to five years behind bars. Gu and Go, I'm sorry, but that's funny. That's their names. Gu and Go were arrested at LAX on May 12th after the special agent found a total of, get this, 31 live spotted turtles and 14 live box turtles in the flight attendant's luggage. The two flight attendants were flagged for inspection after a TSA inspector detected, I like this part too, unusual round objects in their bags while conducting a routine x-ray luggage check. Flight attendants could take advantage of exemptions that crew members have and smuggle prohibitive items such as wildlife. 
This is another thing I find curious. The turtles could have been worth more than $40,000 in Asia, where there is a robust market for turtle species native to the United States. Wow, you'd risk your job for turtles, first off. The turtles are worth $40,000. Shocking. And I don't have room in my bag for a 20-something live turtles. <laughs> Thank God Herman's safe. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You clicked through my website, BettyInTheSky.com. doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. You could also just bookmark it so you don't have to go to my website. Uh, I like to see what people buy. Uh, somebody bought A Man on the Moon, The Voyages of the Apollo Astronauts. Get this one. Premium horny goat weed extract. So how do they know that goats are horny? Or is the weed called horny goat, which is kind of funny. Uh, somebody bought my book, Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool, uh, and I got a nice review. Oh, I just love, it, nothing makes my day like a good review. So uh, Jay Greenspan wrote, Betty writes with the same voice as her podcast. She's a great storyteller. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, she's upbeat, funny, with a keen eye for character and characters. So nice. So thank you for going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, for your Amazon purchases. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why the right people stay back I got an email from a fellow flight attendant named Patricia, and she was saying how they had this new girl on board, and she was nervous. And, you know, a lot of people find making PAs uh, nerve-wracking because a lot of people don't like public speaking. So she was nervous, and she said the flight attendants will be collecting all service items as they perform their final safety sex. <laughs> she said final safety sex. So uh, this flight attendant was... Uh, Patricia said that a passenger, when they were exiting the plane, said, We're so glad you gals practice safe sex. <laughs> okay, that right, was so on we'll me. Okay. okay, so something happened? We, it's okay. We had to divert from Amsterdam oh. to Greenville. Oh. But before we had diverted mid-flight, a passenger fainted in the back of a young girl, and we had several doctors on the plane, which was fantastic. Yeah. Everything was okay. So we diverted for thunderstorms in Atlanta, and um, the runway was too short, the wings were too long, oh. and the gas trucks could not Greenville. get to us, Greenville, little old Greenville, and we finally uh, pushed up a little bit so we could get fuel, and the lady in the very back had taken a Xanax nine hours before the flight and had one beer nine hours before the flight and needed to get off the plane because her final destination was Greenville. Oh. And we said, you cannot, but we're refueling and we're going to leave soon. Well, touch and go with the thunderstorms. Uh, Dublin landed right behind oh. us. Next Greenville thing you was know, having a big day. Big day. The lady from the very back comes to the front. I need to get off. My husband's here. I will sign any paperwork. I need to get off. It's waiting you. for me. No, she can't. I, we cannot she get off. Customs. You got to go to customs. You can't do it. Um, she fainted. Right there by the doctor. She probably and figured out a Charlie. way to get off. Yeah. He jumps up for the second time. 
And she's okay, mind you, but... Uh, she probably thought this was a way to get off the plane. She did. Oh, yeah. An so, ambulance. Yeah, I mean, it was high drama. I mean, I'm, I'm simmering it down, but yeah. high, high drama. But did it work? Did she get off the plane? No, because now, we had, there's a break in the clouds. The captain says, if we don't go now, yeah. we're not leaving. So we moved her to sit across from the doctor, moved the lady that was in business yeah. to the coach, you know, for our 20-minute yeah. flight back to Atlanta. Um, and we said, well, we'll call paramedics when we get to Atlanta because yeah. you might need some extra attention. She was fit to be tied. Yeah, she didn't want that. No, I mean, it's raining sideways. We get to Atlanta, the whole inside of the airplane is soaking wet. I've never seen anybody run so fast all my life because her bags were in the back. Oh, and she and wanted to get off before the pair. She didn't want to get stuck with well, the paramedics. Well, she wanted to make it back to Greenville. Yeah. Little did she know, the ramp was shut. Everything was shut. The only reason we made it into Atlanta is because paramedics were meeting the flight for her. <laughs> the captain said, "If we didn't have anybody, uh, you know, if it weren't for her, yeah. we're having a medical, we would still be on the runway." So actually, she was good. It she was, was good. Yeah. For, yeah. For you. Yeah, for us. She cursed everybody out. Everybody. Oh, she cursed Choice everybody words out. in the jetway. <laughs> that was kind of ingenious of the woman. You know, she's in her hometown. Otherwise, they're going to have to wait around, go back to Atlanta, you know, wait around there, then fly back to Greenville. She's talking hours, and she's there. She's at the airport. She just needs to get out. So basically, she just did a, like a, my heart, my heart, and then on the ground. She probably thought, I got it. They'll have to take me off in an ambulance. Huh? Not so much. Explains this mass mania to leave Pennsylvania and clack around like flocks of geese demanding dry martinis on the I do. I have another story from way back in the day when the primary airplane in both, in many fleets, was the 727. Right. The Boeing 727. It was, every airline had it built up the, was the big chunk of many airlines fleets. Well, one day in Atlanta, an Eastern airline jet and a Pan Am jet were pulling alongside. One was taxiing out, one was taxiing in, and the captain said, I'm going to try something. So he pulled out, pulled out his microphone and said, ladies and gentlemen, off to the left, you'll notice a Pan Am jet. It's a Boeing 727, just like ours. You'll notice that one engine up on the tail and the two engines back below yeah. the one, two, and three engines. You'll notice this and that about them. Said, you know, we're facing that plane, and I believe their captain can see you in the windows. Why don't we all wave at the captain? And all the passengers are waving at the window. They don't know that behind the cockpit door, the captain of the Eastern Jet is shooting a bird to the captain of the Pan Am Jet. <laughs> so all the pilots in the front windows shoot a bird back. Oh my! And all the passengers <laughs> waving are mortified. Oh, how rude! We're never going to fly Pan Am. We're just going to fly Eastern. It's fantastic. Okay, quick sloth. Update. Now, I know, I know, every podcast has a sloth update. 
<laughs> I don't know if you remember, it's quite a few episodes back around Christmas time. I've flown with that really nice flight attendant who had, I thought, a very touching story of how she found this uh, teddy bear in the airport and she went online and put a posting and actually found the people in Germany who had lost the teddy bear and she sent it all the way back to Germany after she had washed it and with a letter saying, um, I went to Florida, I went swimming. <laughs> had a nice vacation. Anyway, it's a longer story, but I really liked that story. And uh, as sort of a pay it forward, um, I thought, well, this flight attendant really likes stuffed animals. So I thought, I'm going to get her a stuffed animal. And this is right when um, Herman, my suction cup turtle that somebody made that for me and put it in my mailbox at work. And I thought that was so nice. So I thought, you know, in that spirit of paying it forward, I thought, I'll put this... I'll, I went out and got what I thought was the cutest stuffed animal. It was a sloth. And uh, I put it in her mailbox. I didn't say who it was from. And so now it's been many months, right? So she's had this sloth and didn't know who it was from. And I finally saw her for the first time since then. And I'm like, uh, so did you ever get a sloth? And she was like, oh my gosh, was that you? There was no note, nothing. There was just this sloth in my mailbox. <laughs> I do like the randomness of that. There's just a sloth in my mailbox. <laughs> So uh, she told me that uh, the sloth has a place in her stuffed animal family at home, and she's named him Lothario. <laughs> Is that not the best name for a sloth? And it's hard to make them accept a steak that isn't served rare and smeared with ketchup. This flight attendant was telling me on the jump seat, she said, oh, um... We did a, a Seoul trip. I haven't actually done a Seoul Korea trip. It's such a long flight. And um, apparently where we stay, there's not a whole lot to do. But they do have, um, I guess, kind of less expensive massages than we have in the United States. And so um, the next day, the flight attendant was asking um, the, the Korean speaker, uh, what does bigaga mean? And the Korean speaker was like, what? And she goes, uh, when I was getting my massage, she kept saying, bigaga, bigaga. And uh, the Korean speaker's going, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying. And it turns out she was saying, yeah, you're a big gal, big gal. <laughs> but why, oh, why do the wrong people travel? So I had a uh, newish flight attendant on my trip to London, and she uh, doesn't fly international very often, because lots of times it's a senior trip. You can't get them that often when you're junior, and so she'd only done it a few times, and she's a really nice flight attendant, and she's um, very conscientious and, you know, wants to do everything the way she's supposed to, and she was flying with a friend on the first international that she did, and uh, it was uh, about time for her crew rest. They were going together, and um, uh, the other flight attendant... Uh, gave her some tips on what to do. So uh, she had said that everybody takes their bra off so they're more comfortable. And so uh, this flight attendant is trying to do what her friend told her to do. So she takes off her bra, like um, a la flash dance style, like the way you can take your bra off with leaving your dress on. Um, you, know, you, you unhook it and then you undo one arm and the other and then you kind of take it out of sleeve. And, and then she did her crew rest. And then when she got up, she was like, Huh, <laughs> you can take your bra off a la flash dance style, but there's no way to put it back on, you know, with your 
dress on. So she was like, huh, hmm. And uh, the, the bunks were too small to take her dress off in the bunk, and she didn't want to take her dress off in the changing area because someone might see her. So she didn't know what to do. So she um, hurried up and got, and she thought, well, I'll have to go to the bathroom and take my, my dress off. So she's kind of got her uh, arms around her chest because she's kind of um, busty. And uh, her friend sees her, and her friend's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she goes, I don't know. You didn't tell me how to put the bra back on. And the girl goes, why'd you take your bra off? And she goes, you told me to take my bra off. And she was like, no, I didn't. So she must have been saying something else. (laughs) And the girl thought she said, take her bra off. And then she told the rest of the crew and the rest of the crew were all laughing because basically nobody takes a bra off. (laughs) I sometimes wonder why the right people That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And hopefully I will have some good stories from Ecuador. Thanks. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.